0: Uh, it's so good to see everybody here this morning, Brad and um, Abby. I'm just going to scoot this back just a little bit, just a teeny tiny bit. I just don't want any catastrophes to happen um, if I wave my arm. All right, this morning we are going to um, finish up the series, Work For It, Pray For It. Work for it, pray for it. Um, and and this morning... Um, We've talked about in this series, it's a study of the book of James. James is presumed to be the brother of Jesus. He's a pastor in the early days of the church. And, and the church is just kind of going through the motions at this point in time. And, and they're not really doing the compelling or, or unique things that, that people who follow Jesus are supposed to be doing. And so James writes them a letter. Writes them a letter to tell them some ways that they can just um, work for following Jesus because it's not a natural thing. Um, if if those of you, if there are some of you here this morning who are just sort of in those early stages of following Jesus and it feels really unnatural and kind of clunky, that's because it's not the most natural thing in our body to follow Jesus. It's natural to be loved by God. It's natural to receive God's grace. But there's there's points in our lives where following Jesus means we go against the grain of what everything else. It tells us in the world or how everything else is going. Does that make sense? It's just a little unnatural, a little plunky, a little little weird. It feels like that sixth grade middle school dance maybe, you know. Uh, It's just a little unnatural. You have to work for it. And there's this sense to which it doesn't matter how intentional you are with every single step in following Jesus. It doesn't matter how hard you work at following Jesus and finding God's purpose in your life. There's a sense to which you can never do it by yourself. You will never be able to be a follower of Jesus in a compelling and life-changing way if you don't pray for God to intervene in your life with grace, with powerful love and grace and mercy that changes everything. So so we've talked about in this series how we work for it and how we pray for it to become followers of Jesus. If you've missed some um, this week, that's okay. You can... This last couple weeks you can just jump right in where we are um, this week. I I want us to pay attention to James chapter 4 verse 7. This is what we're going to talk about today. James tells... These, these new followers of Jesus, I mean, they've been following Jesus for like 20 or 30 years, but it still kind of feels new to them. Like this movement hasn't lasted for centuries or thousands of years. Like those of us who follow Jesus now, like we've been, we're following in a movement that's like thousands of years old. This movement's kind of still new. They're still trying to figure it out. Um, and, and James tells them, submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves to God. Resist evil. And it will flee from you. To hear that, work for it. So submit yourselves. It's going to take work to submit yourselves to God. I don't love that language, submit. I'm going to be really honest with you. It is really hard and unnatural work to do for me personally. Oops, to submit um, to God. But it says submit yourselves to God. Resist evil. You're going to have to work to resist the evil in our world, and it will flee from you. Come near to God. Do you hear that? Pray. Come near to God, and God will come near to you. Come near to God, and God will come near to you. That's sort of the verse that's going to drive what we're talking about today. I was driving in my car this week, um, and I had to take a 20, 30-minute car ride. And so I wanted to listen to a 34-minute podcast Um, Does anybody here listen to podcasts in the first like four minutes is the person like giving an an introduction, telling you about all their sponsors for their podcast, all this stuff. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? So I hit that like 15 second fast forward button. Do y'all know what I'm talking about on the podcast? I hit it like four times and then the phone is like got this like it's waiting and it's not connecting and all this messages to me and so I'm like mad at the car and the phone so I'm just like hitting the button like it's not listening and I'm I'm like come on get to the I I don't want to listen to this intro part on this podcast and then I look up and somehow it's on like a 34 minute podcast that we're on like dead middle 17 minutes and like 17 seconds and this is the verse I hear. I'm angry. I'm trying to rush through the day. I have literally 20 minutes in the car. I can't listen to this whole podcast because it's 34 minutes anyway. So I start it in the middle. And this is the verse. This is the voice that I hear. It's this deep, content, wise voice. Have you ever heard someone speak and you're like, wow, they have something important to say? Their voice is just like content. Like I think, um, You know, Nelson Mandela or Desmond Tutu, like those just wise, deep, content voices. And I hear this line, here's the difference between my life then and now. When I go to bed, I have a sense of peace and satisfaction, and I needed peace and satisfaction in my life so bad at that moment, I was like, I think God might be in my car speaking to me. And I like look around and I'm like, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna try this button one more time. And I hit the rewind 15 seconds button and I heard it again. It wasn't I, like, it, it felt like God like speaking to me. It wasn't God's voice. It was a, a man who just had this deep, content and wise voice. And he said, When I go to bed, I have a sense of peace and satisfaction. That's the difference in my life then and now. And I want nothing more than to be able to stand in this box right here on a Sunday morning and tell you all that I go to bed with peace and satisfaction deep in my heart. When I heard that, I was like, that is is what I want. I want to go to bed not with that restless, I've been just sort of plowing through the day as hard as I could. I don't want to go to bed with that kind of restless, hard to wind down, tired. I want to go to bed peaceful and satisfied that my life mattered for the day. Anybody else here want to go go to bed like that? Want to lay your head down on the pillow at night and go to bed with this sense of peace, and satisfaction in your life so I kept kept listening and this is what he said, the stress that I felt is gone and although it's been replaced by different stresses I know that all my problems come with a purpose, a mission. I know that what I'm doing right now isn't just for me, that's a piece of the secret Did you hear that? A piece of the secret of going to bed with peace and satisfaction at night is knowing that what you're doing right now in every single moment of your day isn't just for you. Listen to this. It isn't even just about all the thousands of people who might otherwise go hungry. It's for God, he said. I'm doing what God has truly called me to do. And I sleep better than I ever have before. This was a man who played football. He was a center. He played on the offensive line of the Raiders. He was a successful professional football player. And he said he'd get home at night after practicing three and four times a day, exerting himself in just crazy ways in the weight room. He loved football, but he said, I got up in the mornings and I didn't love the game anymore. I didn't love what I was doing anymore and I was stressed and anxious in ways that I can't even tell you. And I came home and I looked at my wife and I said, I think God wants me to do something different with my life. And so he started getting on his knees and spending time every single day praying. And God asked him, he felt like God had asked him to quit football and to move to a farm in Laurenburg, North Carolina, and start a farm where he took only the amount of food he and his family needed to survive and everything else he gave away to people who were deeply and desperately hungry in that community. I am from North Carolina. When you say Lorenberg, North Carolina, I can tell you what you know. You know that there is a stark dividing line between the rich and the poor. The rich are really rich, and the poor are really poor. There is terrible systemic racism that contributes to this poverty. And this black man who played football went to Lorenberg, North Carolina, and started a farm. He started a farm, and he gave everything, all the, f- the produce and the healthy food, out to families who needed it in Lornburg, North Carolina. And he said he slept better than he'd ever slept before, not because he was making millions of dollars. He said, I literally some nights only had my daily bread, only had enough food to feed my family, because what he was doing was for God. He was doing what God had truly called him to do. As I listened to him say this, I was like, I am so tired of the groundhog day that has become my life. A few cute Halloween costumes and sweet birthday parties sprinkled in to keep life interesting in the midst of a really mundane, same thing, day after day kind of life. Work really hard all day long. Get up, out of bed, hit the ground running. Go to bed at night restless and tired and unable to fall asleep with peace and satisfaction. Not sure if my life has mattered or made any difference. Does anybody else in here live this kind of life? Are you longing for your life to matter, for you to have purpose again, for peace and satisfaction to be what overwhelms you at night when you lay down in your bed? Who is ready to live that kind of life? That's what I want to be able to stand right here and be able to tell you all. And the secret is submitting our lives to God, working for it, resisting evil, figuring out what place and purpose God has called you to, to resist the evil in this world and build the new day God has for for this world because of the work that God has asked you to do. To work for it and to pray for it. At the end of the day, when you don't have enough energy to finish what needs to be finished, at the end of the day, when you're overwhelmed or there's problems like COVID or whatever else, when there's all these problems at night, to pray for God to do what only God can do anyway to work for it, submit yourselves to God and resist evil and to pray for the new day and that God will use you and your purpose. That's what I found myself asking this week. And in the words of James, in the words of James, he was talking to people just like you just like you maybe some of you feel like you just live the groundhog day life every single day and you just want what you do to matter again you just want this deep and satisfying purpose then I want you to listen if you if you have your Bibles if you'll turn with me to James chapter 4 we're gonna read James chapter 4 and five verses out of 4 and five so we're gonna do two chapters Chris was like you have to choose one chapter to finish up the uh, the message series and I was like nope not doing it um, I'm I, we're just gonna both of them. So uh, <laughs> uh, buckle up. Here we go. All right. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Who goes to sleep at night with family and friend drama running through your head? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you don't have? So you kill, you destroy, you ruin the the things and the plans and the people and the relationships around you. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So, So you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you all are asking with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Here's the deal. This is what James is telling him in one simple sentence. People desire connection. You have fights and quarrels among you because you desire connection. We were knit together by God to want to be connected to the people around us. We have this innate sense in us to want to be connected. But this is what happens. This is what James says happens, that our connection, our connection slips in to this desire to get ahead for, for our own selves, and it messes everything up. so you can't get what you need that God has given us in our lives, connection to each other. Look around this room. We are connected to each other. But when we spend all our time trying to get ahead, we lose what goodness God offers us in connection. We lose what goodness God offers us in connection. Think about it. Who has spent some time with friends and you go over to their house and you start looking at their furniture, start looking at their big screen TV or their their speakers or or their car or whatever and you're like, I kind of want those things. I kind of want those things. So then work takes up more time than building a friendship with them. Right? What is what is is it that's taking your ability to, to really experience the connection that God wants you have got to be connected to other people to work for it and pray for it to live into this purpose God has for you you have to be connected and so often our connection our connection slips it, so often our connection slips into this getting ahead mo- mindset that starts to ruin our ability to to get the connection that we need for that peace and satisfaction at night when we lay down to sleep. So think right now, how can you be more committed to connecting with somebody this week than getting ahead? Is there somebody at work you can spend an extra five minutes connecting with and having a conversation instead of worried about their promotion Is there a mom in the car line at school? Get out of your car and go back there. Knock on your window and quit worrying about how she's not gone on her signal or she didn't stop at the stop sign or she cut you off or she used a shortcut and she shouldn't have. Knock on her window and say, hey, how are you doing today? This probably sounds weird, but I'm trying to get a little more connection in my life, and I want to know your name and how you're doing. What if, if everybody in this room started living with a desire for connection instead of just getting ahead? Imagine what the city of Tampa might be like if just the people in this room did that, if just the people online did that. What does it look like this week? How can you work for connection, pray for connection instead of getting ahead? That's what James That's what James is is warning us about here in James chapter 4. Now, James chapter 4, verse 13, so skim on down a few verses, and it says, now listen. Now listen. That means, hey, guys, listen up. Y'all listen. You who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to this city or that city and we're going to spend a year there and we're going to carry on some business and we're going to make some big money. Anybody said this ever before? Why? Why do you say that? James says, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears in a little while and then vanishes. Instead of saying, this is what my life is going to look like, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and we are going to do what God has asked us to do. We're going to do this in the Lord's will. What James is telling us is that our hope our hope in a better world, our hope in making a better life for our family, our hope in doing something that matters with our job and our vocation and our career, our hope our hope quickly turns into an obsession with certainty. Our hope turns into an obsession with certainty. If, if my life will look like this, if the high temperature will only get to this and the low temperature will only be this and the humidity will be this and these friends will live on our block and this will be the schools that we will live in and th- if I can just set up and build my own life with all these securities around me, then everything's going to be fine. And James says, you're, you're going to miss out on your purpose. You're going to miss out on the peace and satisfaction and live in a life that matters for God if you keep living like that. The hope, the hope that you have for the future God has for the world. Guys, look at our world. What do you hope for? Do you hope for a world with less racism, less hate, less, less quarrels and fightings, more connection? Then stop. Wanting everything to be certain and knowing exactly how much money you need to make and exactly what everything in your life needs to look like, and just let God bring hope alive in you. This week, this week, I want you to think about one thing that you can let yourself hope for without needing it to be certain. What's one thing you can hope for? A better school at Sharemonte? A better a better community, for us to live in a better work environment at work? What is it that you hope for? How can you spend time hoping for that and not needing everything in life to be certain because we're going to miss out on the peace and satisfaction that God has for us? Now, this one's rough. I want you all to listen. It is rough what I'm about to read. James chapter 5, verse 1. Now listen, James says again. Okay, be ready. You rich people weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord God Almighty. Our our drive for purpose, our drive for purpose turns into overdrive. And before we know it, the ethical and just things that we were completely and totally committed to coming out of college. Does anybody remember that zest and zeal for life that you had? The, we can change the world. We can be a part of God bringing up justice and goodness and hope and mercy in the world. Does anybody remember being that excited about getting out of bed and chasing the purpose God had for you? And before, before long, that desire, that drive for purpose turns into overdrive, and you're working too many hours to get ahead. You're spending too much time figuring out how to get everything perfect around you. You are living your life in overdrive. Get your calendar out right now. Is every single second of your life planned? Are you living your life in overdrive? How can God interrupt a life that's completely and totally planned out? God can, but wouldn't you rather create some space in your calendar for God to interrupt your life? create some space to spend with God. Our our drive for purpose turns into overdrive and we lay down at night and we have no idea what peace and satisfaction feels like. We've lost the ability to have a life that matters. We, We even maybe engage in unethical things. We don't pay the people who work for us enough. We're figuring out ways to cut corners. The harvesters and the people who aren't paid enough are crying out to God And the Lord God Almighty says, I care about you. You people who are doing that, stop it. Stop it. If you want your lives to matter, if you want to have the purpose God has for you, kick it out of overdrive and slip back into drive and let God, let God, pray God will take over those purposes that you have in your life. Don't let your drive for your purpose turn in to overdrive. Finally, uh, James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. I'm going to read that again. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. The farmer waits patiently for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. The Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. Wait patiently for what it is God is doing. I, I'm going to say this. Just This is the one sentence that James would say, if he could, that that our patience slips in to demanding a problem-free life. Over at the end of chapter 5, James explains Elijah and how even in the face of all these trials, like this guy was a prophet, he was supposed to speak the truth and the power of God to people, and all these things kept coming at him, and he had to wait patiently for what it was God asked him to build. The new day that God asked him to work for, he had to wait patiently for it. And so often in our patients in the midst of COVID or marriage strife or financial troubles or issues with our kids or troubles at work, so often our patients quickly turns into us just screaming at everybody around us that we want an absolutely problem-free life. Our patience, our waiting for what it is God's doing, it runs thin and it turns into demanding a problem-free life. We can't go to sleep at night because we start thinking, if this person would just do what I think, if that person would just do what I want them to, if God would just change everything, my life would be fine. Our patience has run thin and we started demanding a problem-free life. God's purpose for you is not going to be problem-free. It's going to be deeply peaceful and satisfying. You're going to go to sleep with a deep bone, satisfying, tired, like you've never felt before. And you'll say, my life matters, not just because of what I'm doing right now or for the people God's asked me to influence or impact their lives, but because I'm doing what I do for something more big, bigger and more powerful than I could ever imagine, God God who has a big plan and a big new day for us and all of us in this community and this world and we get to be a part of it. And living in to that kind of purpose will give you peace and satisfaction. Now I know, I know what y'all are saying. Okay, Erica, I hear it. I, I know what it's like to want to get ahead and not have connection. I know what it's like to live my life in overdrive and not just in driving after my purpose. I know what it's like to want a problem-free life and not a patient life. God, I, Erica, I know this. Tell me what to do. And it comes down to one simple step. Wake, work for it. Wake up for it, too. Work for it. Pray for it. I want you all, if you have your cell phone right now, I want you to get your phone out right now. Get it out. Get it out. And I want, to, I want you right now to set an alarm on your phone. And I want you to spend five minutes every day this week praying to God. Get your phone out. Get it out. Set an alarm. And spend five minutes every single day this week praying. If you're like, Erica, I don't know what to pray for, pray for Horizon Church. Pray that we'll live in to the purpose God's had for us and that the people here this morning will be used by God to shine light and ignite change. Pray for the sick and the hungry in our community. Pray for those who are desperate and longing for a new life. Pray for yourself that God will make your purpose for your life come alive and real. Set an alarm on your phone right now and spend every day this week, five minutes. This is how you both work for it and pray for it. It is unnatural, even for your pastor, if I'm really honest, to sit five minutes aside and just sit in a chair and pray. That is really hard work. It's going to be unnatural the first couple times you do it. But it is so important for us to work for it and pray for it, what God has asked us to do. Here's the deal. In a world... In a world that is longing, in a dark and cold world that is longing for God's goodness and light, we at Horizon Church are called to shine light and ignite change. And whenever a candle is lit, there's a... Okay, it's not going to light. That doesn't mean anything. Don't wanna take this metaphor too far, okay? Um, okay, whenever a candle is lit... There's a moment when the wick goes through a complete and total chemical composition change and the darkness is pierced because of the light. That, that is what God has asked you to be this week. Let God completely and totally change your composition, your heart's desires, the things you strive for, the things you wait for, the things you work for. Let God completely and totally change that and work for God's purposes and pray for it in the world. Because what happens when this candle is lit? The darkness is pierced. The darkness is pierced. So not just the candle is chemically changed, the world becomes changed because you shine God's light and ignite God's change in the world. Will you pray with me as the band comes up? God, I thank you so much for each and every person who's here this morning. I thank you, God, for the purpose that you have for their lives. I thank you for the call you've placed on them right now. And I pray this week, God, as they work for it and pray for it, as they seek connection with you, that they will encounter your love and grace in a way that changes everything. And I pray that you'll use each of them to impact and change the world in mighty ways. Bless our church. Help us to live into the purpose you have called us to. And God, show us the people who need to be invited here to hear their purpose. Give us connection. Give us purpose. Give us patience. God, that we may be people who shine your light and ignite your change in the world. Amen.